Happy Friday, everybody. Damon D here. Welcome to the Ender Review Show. Today, got a very special guest coming on from Podcast One, Danny Picard. Danny Picard from the Danny Picard Show. I know, wicked name. This is like uh, Boston's finest kind of guy here. Um, he's awesome. Maybe a bit crazy. Makes him more awesome. We are going to talk around because we have to with Danny Picard. You just can't get away from it. Um, which will 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 then probably just like spiral into uh, talking about the Pats. But then we're gonna switch over to Major League Baseball. He's gonna make some picks. He's gonna tell us about uh, his thoughts on the season. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna go through some odds for uh, for Major League Baseball betting. It's a, it's actually freaking awesome. Um, of course, if you haven't, please subscribe to the Under Review Show. Um, hit the subscribe button. That'd be awesome. Other than that, just uh, you know. Hang on to your bootstraps. We're going to get this thing started. Thanks for tuning in. And this is Under Review. All right, join us live now. Uh, well, I guess it's not live. We're not freaking podcast. Uh, Danny Picard from the Danny Picard Show. He's in Beantown. Um, Danny, how you doing? Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday. I'm doing good. You know, we got the Major League Baseball season started, so uh, spring is finally here, right? Oh, man, it's like, it's. it feels like March is so long because of how slow it ramps up to baseball, doesn't it? Like, guys are reporting, Grapefruit League, Cactus League's going on, and then boom, you're like, all right, here we go. 162 games. Yeah, well, you know what? It's like... The Patriots, who are always in the Super Bowl, right? So yeah, um, they should just rename. it. Up to that, <laughs> yeah, they, they we're excited up to that point, and then you kind of get a whole lot of nothing uh, until the NCAA tournament and the regular season of baseball begins. So you do have that lull where it's like, well, what am I going to pay attention to now? Um, you know, am I going to keep listening to Kyrie Irving give terrible post-game press conferences? <laughs> He's... Or is there something else I can watch? Oh, so I... it's a, it, yeah, we're finally through uh, the, the dull moment in sports, and um, it really gets exciting from here on out. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing. I, like, I find myself watching, like, like, I know, like, the 40 speed of, like, some ridiculously bad offensive lineman from a combine that will never make it in the NFL. And I know about them because I'm just dying to like, I'll watch every second of everything and just love it. And because I'm so bored, um, basically. <laughs> yeah. So I feel you, man. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, well, let's, let's talk a bit, a bit of, uh, a bit of football. Uh, obviously you've spent uh, uh, plenty of time talking about, uh, um, you know, the Gronk related stuff. It's very important to you, dear to your heart um, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, what happens with Gronk is what happens with Gronk. Here's the deal though. After he retires, they come up. They come up with the new, um, the new challenge rule for p- pass interference, where you can't even just like ask to overturn a call, but you can ask them to like check a play out and maybe add pass interference to the to the play that that, that just happened. If I'm Gronk, do I go like, whoa, wait, wait a second? So you're telling me that I can basically get a free play off of every single play that I do in the entire game? <laughs> Like, are you thinking that? Yeah, it's. I'm so intrigued by that rule because 
you know, I wonder if it's going to play in not just to the to the strategy of the player, like you just mentioned, like, all right, Gronk has retired, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into that and what that actually means. Uh, but, I mean, it, it goes beyond the player's strategy. It's it's the coach's strategy. I mean, you get a third and 18. You know, you pro- if you don't get it, you're probably going to punt. Do you just say, hey, you know what? We're sending somebody deep. We're going to... We're just going to throw it down there, and if there's contact, we're going to throw the challenge flag and try to get a pass interference and a first down. Like, I'm so intrigued as to yes. how it's going to work. <laughs> where it could be somewhat, it could be somewhat chaotic. But you know what? Last year at this time, what were we all complaining about? We were complaining about the the leading with the helmet rule, and and even with offensive players, and we're like, oh, this is going to be crazy. There's going to be a flag every play, and I don't even know if I saw more than five all season long where I sat there and went. Uh, this rule is really killing the NFL. So I don't want to overreact to that pass interference thing right now. I, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it certainly is intriguing, especially when you factor in what that rule could have done for someone like Gronk, who it seemed like, you know, was was getting held and grabbed and pulled every single time he ran down the field. Every time, Danny. It's crazy. Yeah. I watched all the Pats games, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't. I don't bring it. I, like we don't. As a Pat fan, you don't have a lot to complain about, right? Like you just can't. You sure. can't bring it up and just start going. Oh, you held everything. Like shut up. You've got Super Bowls. You're going to go anyway. So like, it, but I had to bite my tongue, and you got to swallow it. But like when you watch it, I'm, I'm like, I'm not even saying it's like every play. I'm saying like a realistic half the time, there's like a dude just grab hanging off him because he, they can't they can't handle the guy. Like if I'm him. Well, like, what do you do? Like, how many challenges do you get? Well, well, well that guys are going to run out of flags is what I'm getting at. <laughs> like, I'm big mm. dudes like that. They're literally just going to throw it every single play. So, um, um, that being said, Gronk, Gronk has retired. Um, we sort of saw this coming, right? A little bit, right? There was speculation of it. Um, is it just me or was like, even all the, like, I'm going to retire if you trade me last season's off season stuff a bit weird or like, have you adjusted to the weirdness of it? Well, my take on the whole thing is here's what I can't get over. And I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm just overreacting to this or what, but so I covered the Patriots as a reporter for like five years okay. um, from like 2009 to 2014. And so I'm on the Patriots email list where Patriots media relations sends out a press release. If you know, Bill Belichick Anything. goes and buys a cheeseburger at yeah, McDonald's. Yeah, like they yeah, send out yeah. a press release, you know, for everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm waiting for the press release that you know has the subject of Rob Gronkowski has retired from the NFL, in which then you know they give us all his records and it. I, like I'm waiting for that. All we have is releases in which you get state a statement from Belichick, a statement from Kraft. But I feel like I'm missing, like, uh, maybe I missed the important release where they actually, as a team, announced that he has retired. I, the whole thing, just to me, I do think back, I'm glad you mentioned last offseason, because they threatened retirement. And yeah. they teased WWE. They teased Hollywood. And then they ended up getting the Patriots to the negotiation table, and the Patriots added $4.3 million in potential incentives to Gronk's contract. Now, it wasn't exactly what they wanted. They wanted guaranteed money. They didn't get it because, as you know, they didn't really reach all those incentives. But it was more than what they had. 
and I, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is great at what he does. Gronk's 29 years old. Seeing how they threatened everything last year. I can't help but think right now that this is just Drew Rosenhaus taking a negotiation to a whole new level. I mean, the guy was on ESPN not even 24 hours after Gronk released his Instagram announcing his retirement. Drew Rosenhaus was on ESPN literally laying out the framework for how Gronk could return to the Patriots in 2019. So, I mean, (laughs) I don't believe that Gronk is retired. I just don't believe it. I really don't believe it. I I think that Gronk could benefit from not playing a full season. I think the Patriots could benefit from Gronk not playing a full season. I think Rosenhaus is a mastermind, and I think he's the mastermind behind this whole thing where he probably goes, you know what, last year we threatened retirement. We got a little bit more than what what we had. But we didn't get what we really wanted. This year, we're going to get what we want. Guaranteed money. Here's how we're going to do it. We're actually going to retire. And I think that's what's playing out. <laughs> He's right jumping now. the shark. On, he, Will they stay, you know what I mean? Will Belichick stay stubborn and, and, and not give in? Or... Will they both get to the negotiation table in, let's say, week four, week five, and say, hey, let's have Gronk ready by week 10? By that point, his cap hit won't be nearly as high as it was going to be. Everybody, you know, you save money on that end, but you give him some guaranteed money, and everybody wins. Like, I'm, I just, I believe that's what's going to happen. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's what I believe is happening right now. Well, you know what, though? Like, if you, if you kind of look at the forest through the trees a little bit about how, like, it, difficult it is to negotiate with the New England Patriots, too. Like, where they just have no fucks to give. They're just like, what? No, you're like a piece of meat. Yeah. Like, you just are a commodity, and we will, you know, we will walk away, and we will find another commodity to fit your, your place. Um, this might be, like, the only sort of strategy where you just go balls out into stuff. You're not like, yeah. okay, I'll take a little bit here and give a little bit. They don't even do that. They just go, what? No, this is how it's going to be, and take it or leave it. M- maybe you're right. Maybe, the, like, the Gronk unretirement thing. I mean, if you look at the odds I sent over to you, right, playing in the NFL, mm-hmm. again, isn't, like, the the last odd, you know, and it's not the worst thing that he's going to do. Playing in the CFL is, is pretty bad, but um, – like it, for him to go into um, playing the NFL again is only a twelve to one or one twenty to one, I think. Um, odd, yeah, it's twelve to one. So like, hmm. it's not too crazy, is what I'm saying. You know, like there, there, there's you can read into the odds sometimes a little bit into that when it isn't the craziest thing. Um, hey, that being said, without Gronk in the league, um, of all like all things, how do you think? I mean, I, I, I for starters. I think he's the greatest tight end of all time. I think he just is. It's just it's just how it is. Um, but for him not playing on the Patriots, I feel like they've never had a full Gronk basically ever, and have still been this successful. You think it's gonna like affect them in any way? Their futures odds for the Super Bowl didn't even like hiccup when uh, when his mm. retirement came through. Like, what are your thoughts? Well, on that him? might also that that might also have something to do with the fact that maybe people believe he is going to return. Too by the time they by the time yeah. they get the next year's Super Bowl. I mean, look, we're programmed to sit here and say each and every year that the next man up approach works. And the reason we're programmed to say that is because I mean they've proven it does. It works. They, they do it. I'm not trying to take I'm not trying to take anything away from Gronk, but the way Bill Belichick probably looks at it is Super Bowl Fifty One against Atlanta. Gronk was not healthy. Gronk was on injured reserve. 
Gronk was hurt that season in like week 12, I think, that game against the Jets. He left early with the back injury. He never returned. The Patriots ran the table and won the Super Bowl without him. That, that, that's not to say that they're a better team without Gronk. They're not a better team without Gronk. But what the Patriots do better than anybody else in the history of the league is respond to the loss of an impact player by plugging either one person in or multiple people in or changing the game plan week by week and continuing to have success at a championship level. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bills, the Jets, or the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East. They're not because Gronk has retired. The Patriots are going to win the division. They're going to have a chance to get a first-round bye. And if they end up getting playoff games at home, they don't lose at home. I don't care if Gronk is in the WWE or in Hollywood or playing for the Patriots. Like they, the Patriots just do not lose at home in the playoffs. So I think that the Patriots uh, are going to find a way, like they always do. And it really just comes down to the health of Tom Brady more than anything. I, I mean, as long as Belichick and Brady are there, the foundation is strong when they're on the field on Sundays. And I, I'll take them over anybody else in the league. And, and so I know that sounds like maybe a knock on Gronk, but I don't think it is. I think it's, it's more so praise for the way Belichick has been able to handle this thing and keep this ship afloat, given how many impact players he's lost over the years. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And I think like all of like my tossing and turning at night about Gronk retiring is way more to do with just really liking to see him play than like the overall impact he's going to have on the New England Patriots in football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, it's just I mean, like, I'll miss and, and the guy. And to, again, I don't want to take away from his impact. And, and you know what? Last year, his impact was shown as a blocker, maybe more than anything. I, I mean, you know, he, they used him in the run in the run game, you know, blocking know. for Sony Michelle. And, and he was huge on that front. So it's like his impact goes beyond just receiving. His, his impact was, like you said, I mean, the greatest tight end of all time, and not even just from a receiving standpoint but it's like you know at some point we do have to acknowledge like what what it really is it's like i I always ask this question about Gronk. it's if he was with another nfl team would he have had this type of success like i don't know that you could give a resounding yes to that to that i i just don't know that you can I, i mean i think he's been used in a way with the greatest quarterback of all time where it's like well, why don't, you know, he's benefited from them as well. Why don't we just go through that that humongous list of New England Patriots uh, players who have left the Patriots and had meteoric success on another team? You know, that huge list of like, there's got to be 50 guys on that, I think. I don't know, that have just left the Patriots and then been pro bowler the superstars. You know what I mean? And repeated their success everywhere else. Oh, wait, no. There's zero of those no, people. it has It's yeah, never it happened. Not, it's actually yeah, literally not. never <laughs> happened. Because somebody put together that list, too. I was thinking, trying to do it, but I got, like, I, I don't know why I got distracted. But, like, that's the greatest list, I think, of, of that's the greatest testament to the greatness of uh, uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. It really is. It's, these dudes going to get paid. And it's, like, it's now, like, a thing. And people ignore the fact that, like, <laughs> that, that they go, they suck everywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, it's everyone just goes like, ah, oh, yeah, that's the Patriots thing, and they get you, and then you want money, and then you go make your money, and it's kind of a little formula. Good, good for them. That's the Patriot thing, and then nobody goes, hey, hey by the way, like they, uh, they look awesome on the Patriots, and then look like a dumpster fire everywhere else. What do you think that has something? Yeah. 
pretty. It's a pretty interesting I mean, philosophy. Look, Danny Amendola, right? I mean, that's oh, that's Danny an example Amendola. right now. Like when when he left, people were like, oh, you're not going to bring back Amendola. Well, they weren't going to sign. Yep. You know what I mean? So so now. Oh, hey, Danny, offensive line. you're breaking up a little bit there, buddy. Oh, sorry, you got me? Yeah, yeah, you're back. You're back now. We're back? All right, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Danny Amendola, you know, he was on the Dolphins, now he's on the Lions. Trent Brown, they weren't going to pay him. They weren't going to make Trent Brown the highest-paid offensive lineman in the history of the league. Like, it, it's just the Patriots are going to accept the fact that they're going to lose players, and they, they're going to make sure that the next man up approach Works for them because, again, like I'm programmed to say, every single offseason, for a reason, it does work for them. And yeah, I yeah. think that's the way it's going to be without Gronk. But I say without Gronk, and you know how I told you at the beginning of this conversation how I feel, without Gronk, maybe for only the first eight to ten weeks. Because <laughs> I think yeah. he's coming back. I think it makes a lot of sense, though. Everything you're saying really like is like, this is actually a perfect scenario. You know, Gronk saying, hey, like, I'm, I'm, I'm feel good, but I don't feel good for 16 games. I feel good for seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel good for six games. You know, if I play six game season, mm-hmm. I'd love to play again. You know, how do we do that, Drew? Well, <laughs> Gronk, they're not going to let you just sit out. All right, what do we do? You know what I mean? I can just see this happening. You're 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 out. You're on to something yeah. here. Um, hey, so we talked about baseball season. Um, you're obviously a Red Sox fan. Yep, you're having a pretty good year. Hey, so far, like just in sports. <laughs> I guess the Celtics are kicking your ass, though, right? Like, they're tough to watch, the Celtics right now. Real tough to watch. But, I mean, it's like it's the glow from the trophies, you know, warms your heart enough to get through it, I think. Um, And uh, Red Sox, so if we're going to talk betting odds here, Red Sox were behind the the Yankees um, for most of the the offseason in terms of um, to repeat as World Series champions. Um, but now the current like top four of the uh, of odds to win the World Series right now, um, you got the Astros and Yankees at plus six hundred, Red Sox plus seven hundred, and then the Dodgers at at plus nine hundred right now. Um, mm. What are your thoughts? Just initially, your thoughts on those those top four teams? They they nail it right there. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's about right. That's not who I'm taking to win it. That I'm not taking any of those teams to win it. Not 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 a um, single one. <clears throat> I, I, I'm I'm taking Milwaukee. The Brewers, huh? I, I I'm taking the Brewers. What are they plus sixteen? Sixteen to one. Right? Yeah, sixteen to one. I'm taking Milwaukee. They went to the NLCS last they year. They did. Yeah, they were they awesome. Questions with they have questions with their rotation, but you know what? They get some young kids, some young power pitchers who could come through. I think that that's a team to look out for. Maybe to add a pitcher at the deadline. Who knows? Maybe they add someone like Madison Bumgarner, uh, who, who's in a contract year. But their lineup, top to bottom, Milwaukee, you know, that's a that's a scary lineup. And you got the reigning NL MVP, Christian Yelich. You saw how they won their first game, an exciting win uh, yeah. with a nice grab out in center field. I mean, that's an exciting team right there. And I don't see anyone, you know, they have 96 wins last year. I, I think they could have somewhere around that win the division again. They're already talking like they're ready to, to go further than the NLCS. They added one of the top catches this offseason that was available in Grandal. And, and I just think I think they're ready. I mean, it's going to come down to, I think they're starting pitching. But like I said, they could add someone 
at the deadline. I love Milwaukee, um, and I love those odds, too, to go along with it. So I, I'm actually taking the Brewers to win the World Series. That's that, that's pretty wild. Like, Don't you think um, – uh, I like it, too, by the way. I love uh, Christian Yelich. He's, he's unreal. He, he almost won me my, uh, my fantasy baseball league last year. Um, and but also, I didn't, so I didn't mention they have one of the top closes in the game, <clears throat> and and right now we're looking at a league in which you see so many teams without that. And I know they all think they're like playing this game of, you know, where they're trying to reinvent the wheel with relievers and how they use them. We saw that last year, the last couple of years. But if you have a dominant lights out closer, that's still gonna that's still gonna go a long way for you. And they have one of the best. So, I mean, I just think Milwaukee has all the pieces, and I think they're ready to to make a push further than the NLCS that they did last year. So uh, on that note, though, of just like, you know, adding somebody at the deadline, um, uh, do you not feel, or not even that, just adding somebody like early in the season, it, it, don't you think that has like, I mean, I mean <clears throat> right now the Red Sox are sitting, you know, seven to one uh, favorites. I mean, pound for pound offensively, you know, they're one of the best in the league. They've got a great core of pitchers. Their closing, though, is just absolutely disgustingly mm. bad right now. Don't you think they're the team that goes out and just goes, okay, who are the best, like, two or three guys available? How much do you want? And by, like, July, they're just going to fill the, the backfill their their bullpen and then and then leapfrog everybody and just be crazy dominant. Like, I know that, that their technique last year was definitely, like – you know, the Swiss army knife solution for closing out games where they just figured shit out and it was awesome to watch. But I, I, for whatever reason, I just look at how bad they look and I'm just like, well, I think this is what they're going to do. They're going to see how far along they get. And then aren't they just going to go and scoop everybody up and then just, just kill everybody uh, in later in the season or get into the wild card and just go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still won't rule out Kimbrell coming back. He's just asking for too much. And I think, you talk about, you know, negotiation games, like this is one as well. Um, you know, nobody's giving Kimbrell a six year deal. But <laughs> if Kimbrell's sitting out long enough and he really wants to play for a winner, and there's a winner that maybe is willing to give him a little more money than someone else, perhaps it still fits with the Red Sox. But you know what? In two thousand three and I always use this as an example with, with the bullpen in major league baseball when you're trying to find a closer in the season. In two thousand thirteen the Red Sox won the World Series. Koji Uihara, I mean, he ended up being their guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Koji was filthy. Koji was not plan A for the Red Sox as a dominant closer. He wasn't plan B. He wasn't even plan C or plan D. He was like plan E because they had Andrew Bailey that year, Joel Hanrahan, and they went back and forth with both of those guys once each one of them got hurt like three or four times. And then when they all got hurt again in the middle of the season, they went to Koji Uihara. And Koji was one of the best closers in the game yeah. and helped him win a World Series. So you can find that guy within your own bullpen throughout a season. And maybe they think Thornburg's that guy. I don't know. Maybe they think Bonds is that guy. I certainly don't feel that way about those guys. But we've seen, we've seen relievers gain that type of confidence throughout a season to the point where a manager can find his guy in the middle of the year. And it could be somebody that we're not even expecting right now. And so maybe that's the route they're going to go. Um, but, you know, I, I still don't – it's weird. I don't rule out Kimbrell. I really don't. I, don't rule, I do not rule him out yet. Yeah, I'd love to have him back. And you know what? I, I guess if I'm the Red Sox, though, I, you know, I'm not super, like, red hot on the guy. 
Um, and uh, and I think that's how they'll negotiate with them too, and just say, "Hey, man, like your your World Series was like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. we can we can pick you apart on tape if you want to go through that. If you if you want to sit down and like yep. go pitch by pitch, we're not going to give you that money. But you're right. I don't know who else is, and he probably would have been scooped up if there was a real real serious interest. So uh, interesting on that point. Let's but let's talk a bit about um. Uh, the Yan- the Yankees and what they're supposed to do um, this year. Mm. Everybody's talking about the when well, no one's really tired. Everyone always talks about the Yankees. Um, but I mean, last year was a um, was it a rebuilding year? But obviously, you saw the pieces. You saw what they were doing and where they were going. Right? You saw the direction they had. Now there's some injuries, and mm-hmm. you know they it just didn't click. But you could feel the click starting to click. You know what I mean? You could see where yeah. they were going to be like uh, a juggernaut. What are your thoughts? Like right now as, as the co-favorites to win the World Series, um, where do you see them going and why, are, why is Milwaukee going um, to be better than them? Um, well, I mean, when you get to the postseason, it, it's, it's one of those things you can catch lightning in a bottle if you have an exciting lineup. I mean, I, I, just, I, I saw it from Milwaukee last year. I, I think if they could add that, I'm expecting them to, to see it this year, be hungry at the deadline and add that big name starting pitcher. That that's one of the reasons I see them getting over the top. I mean, but from a Yankees perspective, um, I mean, they won a hundred games last year. That's pretty good, right? Usually that wins the division. Well, unfortunately for the Yankees, uh, the division went and won 108 games. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's I, the Yankees. Look, there's a reason why no, there's a reason why teams don't repeat in major league baseball, right? I'm not expecting the Red Sox to repeat. I'd love to. I'm going to root for them to repeat. I'd love to say they're gonna, uh, but there's a reason why they don't. It's so tough, and the Yankees are such a good team that there's no doubt I could see them getting to the postseason and you know just smashing home runs left and right. By the way, a major league season that looks like we're going to have a record number of home runs, dude. See how many they set a record on opening day, right? I mean, are those balls deuced this year or what? It is going to be nuts. They got to do. Yeah. Right. Baseball knows what they got to do. Yankees, when they're playing in their building, I mean, pup flies to right and are in the upper deck at Yankee Stadium. So uh, that's a team that is certainly destined to do something special at some point. And this could be the year they do it. You know, I, I think they need to hope for maybe the Red Sox to come back down to earth a little bit. And, and, and maybe that happens. You know, that, that's, that's the reality of a 162-game season. And again, the reason why you don't see teams repeat very often. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Yankees, I, I, I agree. They, they could get to the World Series. They could win it. I, I just think that I'm expecting Milwaukee to really be aggressive. The way I hear them talking in spring training is that they're ready to make that leap. And I don't think that's just from a player perspective. I think that's coming from an organizational perspective. They've, they've made the moves before. Right? Didn't they? Yeah. They acquired CC Sabathia one year. Yeah. Um, in the postseason, so you know, I could I could see a Brewers Yankees World Series. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be that would be insane. Um, hey, uh, speaking of the Yankees, though, do you find okay? Maybe baseball maybe just changed is just t- changed now, but do you find them? Is this like one of the least hateable Yankees like eras that they've ever had? Like, who do you hate? Like, CeCe's easy to make fun of and, like, beat up on a lot. But, like, I don't I don't have, like, a disdain for him. You know what I mean? 
Like, it's just yeah. not something that just, like, gets me frothing. Well, you know what it is? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's easy to hate the Yankees when they're beating us, when they're beating the Red Sox. But yeah. they, they're not. I mean, the Red Sox have won the division three straight years. Yeah, maybe so, that's it. I think it's the other way around. I think Yankee fans, this is probably one of the more hateable Red Sox teams for them, I would think, oh, God, given would, the fact yeah. that the Red Sox keep keep winning, right? And the way the Red Sox rolled through them last year in the playoffs. So I think it comes with that type of hatred and, and rivalry and hatred for a rival comes with whether or not they're beating you. And, and the Red Sox, like I said, have won the division three straight years. So um, I think that might be why maybe we don't look at the Yankees and, and hate them as much as we used to look at the Yankees because the Yankees used to own the Red Sox. It's not really that way anymore right now. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think maybe it just take, it takes the shine off of it a little bit. I, I just even mean when, when, you know, when the Sox were, were, were beaten out, you know, the last 10 years, like I still, like A-Rod had one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> It was just so just punt you know what i mean it was just like yeah he, yeah he was a guy that even if you didn't know and didn't play baseball you'd be like that guy just looks like a dick you know <laughs> if you were at a party yeah you'd be like, well that but guy they, you know what i'm they not gonna winning. go talk to they him. were winning you know they were winning yeah. and they were winning and, and it was like i actually wanted a run on the red sox when all that was going on in oh. 2004 so, yeah when he was coming you know, that factors in too it's like you couldn't get him on the red sox totally. now he's a yankee you know the way that played out you know that makes him a hateable character in this town but um yeah, I give it a couple months. I think we we might be hitting the Yankees. <laughs> it's too early. Early when they're in first place. When they're in first place, and the Red Sox are six games behind them, we might be hating them an awful lot in a couple months. Yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Actually, I'm, I'm just being you know, premature in my in my hate. It is kind of new, right? <laughs> they're just they're sort of a new version of what they do, and they're just easily just yeah, just ridiculously hateable. Um, so your your prediction um, is you're gonna stick with Milwaukee Brewers. Um, how about uh, let's talk a little NFL real quick before we let you go here um, because you just you mentioned about repeating baseball is just really, really hard um, in this era and you're absolutely right. It just kind of doesn't happen um, the way it used to. Mm. but uh, repeating in uh, in football um, can for certain teams. Or at least uh, you know you get those you get your three years you know what I mean your your three year loop of like contending that you could probably go ahead and do some damage. Um, what do you think the Pats' chances are repeating next year? And uh, and are you? My question is, and I don't know, maybe it's just me being like just annoyed with it. Are are you gonna jump on with everybody and think that like you know KC is just they just need another year and a better defense and they're just gonna be better? They're gonna just go run the table like everybody thinks they are, because they're no, the favorites right now, plus seven fifty. I, I mean, I, I, again, I'm under the belief that Gronk is coming back. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm under the belief that 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 Tom Brady is motivated to do something that nobody thought he could do, and and I I think the more this thing plays out the more people are going to question him and the more fuel that is going to add to his fire. And, um, you know, the Patriots, let's see what they do before the draft. I mean, they could add a wide receiver. You know, they could add a big-name wide receiver in a trade for a guy that we're not even thinking of. I mean, when they added Brandon Cooks, I don't ever recall talking about adding Brandon Cooks before they added him. I think (laughs) that just kind of came out of nowhere. It definitely did Right? So, I mean, the the Patriots could make a move like that. I could absolutely see it. And, um, like I said, I think Gronk's coming back. So, I have to still make them the team to beat in the AFC. 
I think I have to take a little bit deeper look to the NFC. It's it's early for me for NFL predictions, so I don't know that I'm going on the record with an actual pick for the Super Bowl this early, but I will tell you that based on my beliefs on what the Patriots are going to do with Gronk and what they can do even without Gronk, I, I think the Patriots, I, I would pick them to win the AFC once again next year. Yeah, I agree. Now, here, here's the deal. I don't, I don't like believe in sports bigamy. You know, you're not allowed to have another team ever in anything. Yeah. Like, just go to hell if you just, I like those guys and I also like these guys. Like, it, it, you can fuck off. Like, you just pick a team <laughs> and it can suck and it doesn't yeah. matter. Because everybody knows, like, I'm a, I'm a Pats fan. I'm not even from Boston. But, like, in high school, when they sucked, it was not a cool team to follow. Like, you know what I mean? In, in the era, no. especially in, like, the, the mid to late 90s, when I was kicking around high school, when it was like like Dallas and Denver, and you know what I mean, and, and the, the, still the hangover from San Francisco still existed. All these cool ass teams, everybody's rocking their gear. Like you think you could find gear, you know, of, of the Pats? Like they didn't make their stuff. It was the worst. <laughs> but I stuck with them, and everyone can suck it now that it's like I'm, I'm having a good year. I'm, by the way, I don't throw it in people's faces as much as I probably should. But if yeah. there was another team. Right. Let's say uh, to to win. What what is your heart sentiment like the that warms the inside of your heart? A team that you would love to see probably win a Super Bowl. I always like to look at that too because um, maybe I'm just so used to winning Super Bowls. I kind of look around and I go, man, like that that would be awesome to see those guys maybe win it until the playoffs, of course, and then mm. everybody's the enemy. But you know what I mean? Patriots are off the table, and you look and go, uh, you're not going to cheer for them, obviously, but you just go like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I would enjoy that Super Bowl win, you know, it, um, yeah, or you know, just nobody. Think, man, it would have to be Cleveland, right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think uh, <laughs> I, what they did last year was exciting. You know, Baker Mayfield, I wanted the Patriots to try to, to, to snag him and, and move up and snag him, but uh, that obviously didn't happen. And I like Baker Mayfield. I, when they acquired Odell Beckham Jr., though, I'm just now I don't know that I now, now I don't know that I'm rooting for that. I mean, we know Odell Beckham Jr. and his antics with the Giants, and he's still a giant to me. And, and as you know, we don't like the Giants, so uh, maybe I need to see him in a in a Browns uniform a couple times to to, to feel better about that. But I, I'd probably say you know if the Patriots weren't involved, maybe I'd be maybe I'd like to see Cleveland do something special. Uh, maybe I'd like to see Drew Brees, you know, win another one. Um, yeah, that'd be very but, cool. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'd i rather just see Tom Brady and Bill Belichick <laughs> just keep winning. So I don't even want to think of that. Yeah, that's, the, that's the a thing. It's a, weird, <laughs> it's a weird way to approach it, but it's always like I, uh, um, it's, an, it's interesting when you turn your brain on like that and you go like, well, I actually don't give a shit about any other team. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. When you really think about it, you go like, well, you know, I really like Drew Brees. Like, that guy's like, if he wasn't, you know, whatever, like, he's he's rad. Or you just kind of want to see the world burn and, and watch Cleveland, like, go, go crazy. And you know what I mean? Everybody freak out on that. I don't mm. know. Um, uh, always an interesting thing. And, uh, hey, Danny, great talking to you, man. Um, where can people uh, yeah, find you on the internet machine if they wanted to? Well, they can uh, get my show at Podcast One, also on iTunes and Spotify. It's called The Danny Picard Show. Uh, also on Twitter, at Danny Picard, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Just search my name. You'll find it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, well, I, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, man. And uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, Danny Picard, what a beaut.
Um, go check them out. Danny Picard Show, Podcast One. You can find us there too. We're on Podcast One. You can find us on iTunes. Just hit subscribe or look for the end of review show. I am Damon D. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Adios, muchachos. 